One hurricane is too many to live through. Hurricane Charlie came ashore on a Friday night in August and ripped through the sunny state of Florida in 2004. That weekend, two of our dear friends were getting married, but the hurricane knocked out power to most of central Florida. But the lights were still shining at the First Pentecostal Church in Longwood. So the bride and groom had already done so much preparation, spent so much money, made so many plans. They moved forward with their big day one day after the big hurricane hit. They moved the rehearsal to the day of the wedding. I was chewing my fingernails off and I wasn't even in the wedding. But the wedding came and it was beautiful. They exchanged their vows. He kissed the bride and they walked back down the aisle toward the waiting limo. But after a few minutes, they were still waiting for their waiting limo and still waiting and still waiting. So they called to find out where their waiting limo was only to find out that a tree had fallen on the limousine the night before during the hurricane. So they would just have to keep waiting. They piled into their cars and headed over to the hotel for the reception. At least they still had the reception, but the hotel didn't have power. And by the time they arrived, that big, beautiful cake they paid so much money for was starting to melt. That wasn't the way the bride and groom dreamed their big day would go. I'm sure somewhere there must be a book that chronicles worst wedding stories of all time, stories that the wedding planner never planned for. I'm sure you might even have a few wedding stories you have heard or maybe even one you've lived through of your own. But I want to share with you another worst wedding story right after this. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Water to Wine on Simplify. If you caught the title of this episode, you probably already know how the story ends, but I want you to pretend like you don't, because nobody else did when that day dawned. Guests were all seated at the reception, some suitably filled with food and drink when the whispers started up. Hey, hey, they're out of wine. One of the waiters just shook his head when a guest asked for wine. Hey, I, 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 don't, I don't think they have any more wine. We still have three days left to celebrate. They've got, they've got no more wine. What, what kind of bride and groom invites their guests and, and can't even feed them? They, they must be poor. They must be lazy. You could hear a humph from at least one guest. These wedding feasts went on for a week at a time, and the bride and groom and the bridal party rolled out the red carpet for their guests. But in the middle of the wedding week, the blushing bride blushed even more to discover that they ran out of wine. Soon those whispers reached Mary's ears. And without even making a scene, Mary pushed back from the table, stood up from her chair, walked over to Jesus and whispered in his ear, they have no wine. But why tell him? Jesus wasn't the host. He wasn't the wedding planner. Well, maybe she told him because he had some freshly minted followers and they could run over to Walmart and buy some wine. Or Maybe Jesus, because he was a compassionate fellow, maybe Jesus would go himself and try to save the blushing bride from blushing even more. Or maybe Jesus would work a miracle. But Jesus hadn't worked any miracles. Until that day in Cana, Jesus had not cleansed one leper, opened one blind eye or one deaf ear, straightened one crooked limb, interrupted one funeral, calmed one storm. Nothing. Everybody knew Jesus was quite the carpenter. He made the best curio cabinet this side of the Jordan. But Mary knew there was something more to this miracle man who lived under her roof for the last 30 years. She knew that Jesus she delivered 
was really the God she worshipped in the flesh. And Mary straightened to see his response. As she talked to him, Jesus nodded slowly, turned in his chair toward her and said, Woman, if I called my mom woman, I'd be grounded until graduation. But Jesus asked her, Woman, why did you ask me? It's not my time yet. Jesus knew once he started working wonders, he would set his life on a collision course with Calvary. It's not my time yet. But since you're up, would you see if they have any more rosemary mashed potatoes? But Mary's faith wasn't deflated. Even though Jesus said, not my problem, not my time. Mary still had faith. Her faith soared. And she turned to the standby servants and said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That is excellent advice. Mary gave her prayer request card to Jesus, and she didn't worry about it anymore. Now, I have real trouble with this one. I've taken a lot of needs to Jesus. I poured out my soul to God, but before I stood to leave the altar, I bundled all those problems back into my arms, strapped them back on my back, and walked away trying to answer my own prayer requests. But for the rest of the story in John 2, we don't read Mary's name anymore. She was listening as moms regaled each other with unbelievable birth stories. Could not wait to be able to share hers. The spotlight turned to Jesus and the servants who overheard snippets of this conversation. And they wondered what Jesus would do, what Jesus could do. Jesus looked around and saw six stone water pots, and he commanded the servants, fill those pots to the brim with water. And they did. They marched away with six stone water pots and returned with squeaky sandals and six overflowing splashing stone water pots. Then Jesus told them to dip out some of that water and pour it for the master of the feast. And Jesus did not tell them what would happen. He probably smiled knowing they were thinking, we are so getting fired for this. Because these weren't just decorative sanitary water pots that you get at Lowe's. Oh, nay, nay, I say. These were likely hand-washing water pots. If you're eating right now, you might want to hold off just for the next minute. Everyone at the wedding, from the youngest to the oldest, from the cleanest to the filthiest, everyone dipped their hands in the water of these six-stone water pots to wash the dirt and mud and grime and animal exhaust off their hands before they ate their dinner. Those pots weren't just filled with water. They were filled with every unimaginable bacteria and virus and germ and dirt and grime and mud and animal exhaust. And Jesus told the service to take a, a goblet, dip it in the hand-washing water, give it to the master of the feast, and bottoms up. If I was one of those servants, I'd ask some questions, wouldn't you? All right, so let, <clears throat> let me make sure I... Make sure I heard you right. Get this straight. So you want me to give hand-washing water in a glass to the governor of the feast? Okay, one more question. When can I pick up my last paycheck? But here's the miniature miracle within the major miracle. They obeyed. Without ever seeing Jesus work one wonder, they dipped hand-washing water in a glass, gave it to the master of the feast, and stood by as he took a drink. Uh, what, what do you what, what do you what do you think of the wine, sir? It's, it's different, right? But John two verse nine records the miracle, Jesus's first, but certainly not last miracle, when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. Somewhere between dipping the governor's glass in hand washing water and setting the glass on the table, 
Jesus turned unsafe, unsanitary hand-washing water into Galilee's finest wine. Jesus' first miracle pointed the way to why he came. He could turn the cloudiest water into the finest wine. Well, certainly he could turn the filthiest sinner into the finest saint. Jesus is the master at transforming lives some may call worthless into those he calls priceless. Our God is good at that. And the servants had front row seats for this miracle, Jesus' first miracle. My friends, we get front row seats for the miracles Jesus works. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, I believe he will work more miracles to build more faith, to let more people know who he is. And we get to watch it. We get to watch him. We get to cheer him on as he turns water into wine, as he turns sinners into saints. And when he does, he does it for his glory and for our faith. I had the privilege to be at Ohio Camp Meeting Service last week, and I stood there and watched in wonder as Jesus worked so many wonders. From the opening prayer all the way to the final amen, we could feel so much power and glory of God in that tabernacle. People came from all of Ohio, even all over the nation, a few from all over the world. We had several missionaries who were there with us. And they came with faith that God is able and willing to work wonders for his people, and he did. Jesus healed so many of so many diseases and disorders, and he filled so many empty, hungry hearts with the gift of his Holy Spirit. And everyone in the tabernacle at the Ohio Apostolic Campground had front row seats to watch Jesus work wonders in our day. And every one of those wonders was for our faith and for his glory. If you need a miracle, the same Jesus who turned water into wine still works wonders in our day. We just need to do what Mary did, take our request to Jesus, leave it in his hands, and watch him do what he does best. Jesus changes everything. I want to pray right now. If you need a miracle, I want to pray with you and ask God to work a miracle in your life. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to be forgiven of your sins. Whatever miracle you need, maybe you need a financial miracle, you need provision, whatever you need. God is able and willing. And if you will believe that with me, I will believe it with you. And we will together watch him work wonders. Jesus, thank you so much for all you have done. You worked so many wonderful miracles last night in the camp meeting service. And I give you praise and thanks for it. I do pray you administer to all of those who are listening to this episode. For those who have faith that you're not only able, but also willing to work in our lives, I pray God you administer to them whatever they need, whatever healing they need in their body, whatever financial miracle they may need just for provision, just to be able to pay the bills. God, whatever miracle they need as far as getting a job, whatever people need, they need to be filled with your spirit or forgiven of their sins. I pray, God, you would work those miracles, those wonders in their lives today. Do it, God, for your glory and do it for our faith. And we will never fail. We will always give you the glory and praise and honor for what you have done in the precious and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much, Simplify listeners. And be sure to click subscribe or share. That way you won't miss an episode and nobody you know and love has to miss an episode either. If you know somebody who needs a miracle, would you please let them know about this episode and let them know what Jesus did then. He can still do now. He can still change everything for his glory. I've got a few resources for you 
to check out. If you go to PentecostalPublishing.com, link is there in the show notes. I've got a couple of books I would love for you to pick up. One is called Simplify. That's the devotional that inspired and launched this podcast. And the other is called Ten Words, A Practical Look at the Ten Commandments. Those are both there at PentecostalPublishing.com, also Amazon for Kindle. Also, Ten Words is available on Audible if you would rather listen than read. And you could pick those books up at Paragraphs Bookstore, our very charming, wonderful bookstore here at the corner of South Main and East Ohio Avenue, right here in Colonial Historic Mount Vernon, Ohio. I want to give a few shout outs, some people who I saw at camp meeting and a, a few people I saw at Texas camp who told me they listen to and enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I want to also mention to you now that we're at right the middle of the month to kind of give you an idea of where the episode race is headed. Ohio, of course, has the most episode downloads, but Texas is right behind Ohio, only 54 episodes back. So Texas, you could overtake Ohio in this July month. As far as our friends in Canada, New Brunswick has a pretty strong lead over Ontario, but I think Ontario can make up the difference. And around the world, outside of North America, Germany is coming in strong, even over Australia, who was our leader last month. So good things happening, shaking up the leaderboard a little bit there. Be sure to share, simplify with others you care about and let them know that this could be a part of their devotional walk. Next week, I want to share with you a few lessons I happened to learn on vacation with my family a couple weeks ago, and this is going to be under the title Trail Mix, just a little mix of things I learned while I was riding my bike on vacation a couple weeks ago. Looking forward to sharing that with you, and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.